Yo, 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 what's up, man? This is your boy, Young Rexy. You tuned in to another episode of Rexy T's True Crime Stories. And this one is different because this is coming from the victim herself. She did not pass away. She was able to tell who done it, and she was able to tell why it was done. Now, the crazy thing about it is, I'm pretty sure if I gave y'all a multiple choice uh, answer, to answer this question, who y'all think done it, I guarantee y'all got it right. A, was it the mother? B, was it the best friend? Or C, was it the cousin? I want y'all to ponder on that for a little bit and we'll come with the answer. I'm pretty sure y'all already got the correct answer because the way this world been moving and the stories that I've been covering, it got a lot to do with this answer choice. So let's think about it for a little bit. Again, the answer choices was A, the mother, B, the best friend, or C, the cousin. Who do y'all think did this? And while y'all think about that answer, this is the story of the John Denae. I hope I said her name right. Please forgive me. But the correct answer in this uh, question that I asked y'all was B, the best friend. I'm pretty sure y'all knew that. I'm pretty sure y'all knew that without having to sit there and think of the answer. Because a lot of stories that we've been covering, it's been a lot of backdooring and betrayal by best friends and so-called friends. You can even look at the Sequela Robinson. You see what I'm saying? Like, people, you got to be different. Who You got to be careful who you call your best friend. Like, you really have to because this story right here is crazy and the fact that she was able to um come and tell us what happened it makes it a lot more shocking and a lot more chilling now this is a story of the john the janae the janae there you go the john the janae there it is i'm sorry but she was stabbed six times by her so-called best friend and the way it started is they stayed in Houston together. She said that this wasn't a childhood best friend or this wasn't like somebody she grew up with. She actually met her like five or six months prior. But she said they clicked, like they clicked instantly. And when people would say like, this is not your best friend, like she was like, no, she really was a best friend. Like it was nothing she did to even make her feel for a second that it was fake love or anything. Like she was always there. And she said that they stayed together in Houston. And that just brought their relationship even closer. And um, the thing is, they the friend had moved to Miami. And the John DeJanae was thinking about moving to Miami as well. So between a mutual friend that um, her friend was staying with, she said, why don't you come down here and live with us? So, you know, she went down there and it was just like old times. Uh, the John DeJanae, I, I believe the friend name was Alexis, and um, the other mutual friend who they didn't say her name was. They all stayed together in Miami for about two months at Tops. So the John DeJanae goes on to tell us that one day it was like a situation where she had to like get her friend to the airport in a certain amount of time so everybody was kind of rushing and she couldn't find her phone so she went and got her friend Alexis and was like hey can you help me look for my phone 
And as they was looking for the phone, like Alexis seen the phone and was just like, there go your phone right there. And the gentleman was like, where? And she was like, you don't never look for nothing that's right there in your face. So you know, the gentleman is getting like, Irritated because she like, bro, I gotta go and you being childish like nigga where the phone at so I can get the phone and we can get the fuck up out of here So, you know, what I mean, I can do what I need to go do and You know, uh, they're going back and forth exchanging words and in the midst of it The John goes and calls her crazy childish and XYZ So as they're going back and forth, um uh, Alexis Teller called me crazy again and you know, Dijon's heated and they still going back and forth and she's just like, I'm just saying you crazy, you childish, like you can just tell me where my phone is so I can see it. So she was like, she seen her phone eventually and it was in plain sight and you know, she was kind of just like, okay, cool, but you know, that was still childish that you wouldn't even tell me where it was. So Alexis walks off into the kitchen and you know, um, Dijon says she's not even paying attention to her she's kind of gathering the rest of her things now that she got her phone and she's getting ready to go out the door but as she walks into the living room she says that alexis is standing there with a knife and was like i can show you crazy so she says she like she see it with the knife but she's really not like paying attention to the whole situation she stills like gathering things because she's not thinking hey you're gonna really stab me like you know what i mean she just so she she got an eye on her but she's still getting her stuff so she say when she goes to, I don't know if she was bending over the couch to grab something. She said at that moment, she really don't know exactly what she was reaching for or what she was doing at that moment. But she know that she was bending over the back of the sofa, uh, reaching something from either the couch or the table that was in front of the couch. And she said that's when Alexis stabbed her. And you know, she kind of screams and this footage from a recording. I guess somebody had a recording in a room or somebody had a camera or whatnot in the house somewhere. And you can hear the screams and she's like begging Alexis to stop. And she's like screaming like, please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. She was just like, she really don't remember all the places that she was stabbed. She do know that the last like vital wound was to her stomach because she said she remember laying there holding her insides in one hand and like trying to reach and get the phone with her other hand but she said she kept telling herself to be patient and and be calm and that's one of the things you got to do because i remember when i was at texas Roadhouse and i was eating steak and i started choking and nobody really knew i was choking and like my girlfriend at the time, she didn't know what to do. And I'm like, I can't panic and I can't freak out because that's going to make me lose air even more. So in that same situation, if she would have freaked out or panicked, she would have lost blood more. And, you know, she would have uh, came to her injuries uh, much faster. Now, she gathered up enough strength to pull herself up. And, well, I believe she said at first she tried to go outside and uh, the friends that she was supposed to take to the uh, airport they were outside so you know when she came out holding her stomach and she was like the first thing she could gather to say was like get Alexis get Alexis because I'm guessing she went in the back and like packed a bag like a little to-go bag or whatever so at first the friends is looking at her like 
she laughing real hard. Like she bending over laughing real hard, talking about y'all get Alexis type shit. So she was like 45 seconds. And it's crazy that she was coming with the seconds because I kind of remember when I was getting down to the last point of my breath and I was looking around like, man, nobody's going to save me. I remember time was vital. Like I remember I was just like all this time somebody could be trying to help me stop choking, but they kind of just staring at me in shock. Like what's about to happen? So when she mentioned it took her friends 45 seconds to even realize what was going over that she just like collapsed like she couldn't you know what i mean she was in so much pain she's been stabbed six times so she just hit the ground so when the friends finally realized she's bleeding and like they're like what the hell is going on the mutual friend that stayed in the house with um the and alexis asked alexis what happened and the john said she remember clearly alexis just saying so calmly like I told her to leave me alone. Like, I told her to leave me alone. And then she just disappeared. And so she said she remembers she was trying to crawl to her phone, like holding her stomach in one hand, trying to reach for her phone in the other hand. Cause she was like, she just wanted to talk to her mama, wanted to talk to her daddy. Like she didn't want to die without talking to him. And she said she just remember it, this took place between 9 p.m. and 1 a.m. So she remember it was late. So when she was trying to reach her mama and was calling her mama, um, it was no answer. And she said she can't remember if she was called her daddy or whatever. She just remember she was pushing buttons. The friends had already called the police. So when she heard the sirens and stuff, she felt relieved and was like, the ambulance is here. But of course it was the police. And of course, well, she said, I didn't know this, but she was saying that they can't touch you, they can't do nothing until the medics get there and X, Y, Z. And she like, she just pleading with them like, please, please don't let me die, you know? And they was like, they can't do nothing and they can't help and they gotta wait till paramedics get there. And she said she remember she was just reaching for one of their hands and, 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 and she got to the point where she was ready to let go because she was in so much pain. But she said out of everything, she remember her little sister. Um, she was like, she just remember when her little sister uh, mom died or somebody died that she didn't take it very well. And she knew that this little girl loved her to death. So she just remembered she had something to live for. And she was like, it gave her like a boost of energy. Like she felt her spirit or like she just felt like a, a reason to live. So she started back fighting was like, please don't let me die, don't let me die. So again, she said she remembered the officers was like, we can't do nothing. The medics will be here in six minutes. And she just like, she remember like, damn, six minutes, bro. Like I'm dying. So then she said, even like when the medics got there, they was just like trying to ask her name and do you know where you at and how old you is? And she like, bro, I'm dying. Like, you know, so I can just imagine how she feeling like everybody's just taking their time and she trying not to freak out, but they asking questions. Like she just fell off a bike and scraped her knee or something. Like she's like, I'm holding my stomach in my hand. Like it was crazy. Like she was like, it's funny now, but like at the time it was like, freaking her the, the man it was freaking her out so you know what i mean eventually they got they get to the hospital and they trying to debate if they should put her out or you know and she said she remembers seeing like a black officer there just looking at her and it's like she could feel her pain and said the officer just was like can y'all put her to sleep now can y'all put her to sleep now she said she got put to sleep 
Woke up later, she was all patched up. Everything was good. She said that the mutual friend that was there had came and seen her, and I'm guessing, like, he had Alexis. Like, Alexis called him to come pick her up, and, he, and she was just hiding out somewhere with him, and he went to the hospital and was like, how you want to... <coughs> Excuse me. He was like, how you want to do it? Do you want me to turn her into the police? Do you want to take care of yourself? Do you want to, how you want to do it? And you know, she said at the moment, she was like, turn him in, nigga. Like, what are you talking about? She just tried to kill me, woo, woo, But she was like, eventually, you know, she was like, she was mad at him and everything. But she was like, eventually she realized, like, you know, he was just trying to help. Like, I got her if you want to get your revenge back first. And then we turned it in or whatnot. But eventually... They, uh, he get her turned in, they go somewhere, order some wings, and while they waiting on the food to come, the police pull up and take care of business. Now, the moral of this story is, you can't always trust everybody. Have you heard the saying, wolf in, wolf in sheep clothing? Like, you only knew this person for like five, six months, and then you already knew a story prior to her stabbing her brother. Like you don't know the whole details or like what, what eventually, what like happened to lead to the stabbing. You just know that she was fighting the case of stabbing her brother or whatever. So now she has a knife toward, toward you, and you're thinking, "Oh, this is my friend. Nothing's gonna happen. Oh, this is my friend. She ain't gonna, you know what I mean? Turn up on me. Oh, this is my friend." But you never know what's really with people. I got friends that I've been knowing since second grade, and we don't kick it on the daily, but we kick it, kick it, and I don't really know what be going on in their day-to-day life. It kind of just one of those situations when we pull up and link up and we talking, and then now I'm hearing all this stuff that's going on. I'm like, I would never knew that. And these have been my friends since second grade. So somebody you just met five, six months ago, y'all hit it off, connection strong. Still, always keep that guard up, bro. Until this person, like, takes a bullet for you or something along life or death and they put their life before yours, then you know, like, okay, I can put my guard down. But, like, these days, I feel like you got to keep the guard up down there, the whole friendship, down there, the whole relationship, like, everything because shit is just different now i'm glad that this young lady made it out alive to tell her story and it shares more light on people befriending people like it should share more light and make you look at how to see what's really going on with the people that say they're your friends because my friends wouldn't pull a knife on me and tell me say it again. And we done got in some serious, serious arguments. So that's one red flag. If you know she already did this with her brother, then she go get a knife right now. And y'all like going back and forth. I remember a story like this before though. But I'm not sure if the girl made it. I think she did make it out. I do remember a story like this. I'm going to have to look it up and see because I think I covered it before. I'm not sure. But that's all I got for y'all now, man. I thank God that the John Dijanae is still alive and able to tell her story. And I'm glad she survived. And hopefully this share lights on a lot of people that think that they call people their friends.
you know, just kind of keep the shield up and pay attention to signs. You know, it's kind of bittersweet because you could really have a friend and you not know it and you could really think this person a friend and he really not. It's really bittersweet. It's hard to tell who the enemy is and who your friend, but just pray to God about it. That's all I got to say. Keep that shield up, man. But, hey, I'm glad you made it out. Just spread your story. Don't stop telling your story and, and, and touch people with your story, man.